All right. Hello, all you podcast listeners. This is Ed Franklin, and um, have a great podcast today. Remember, it's edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com if you want to communicate with me. And um, I'll send everything out on Facebook. And, of course, you won't hear that until um, you see it, so you won't know. And YouTube, and I'll also give you guys. So we have some cool, two cool guests today. Um, these both these gentlemen were safe steps. I have a relationship with the CEO Dave Smith from the Poway Chamber of Commerce. I met him several years ago, and um, we've been talking about different things that safe steps do that these guys are going to explain to you. And today we have the president of the company, Dave Murray, and we also have the content officer, Mark Pintar, and we're going to talk about their company and how it's, and you'll see how it's going to relate to what I'm doing on my podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to my podcast. Thanks for being on. Ed, thanks for having us. We have some fun today, just nice organic conversation. And um, so I guess the first thing we should do for the audience is kind of explain what Safe Steps is in the first place. So I'll let one of you guys take that over and and kind of explain that. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo for this or go ahead. Rock, paper, scissors. You may, you may have two different versions of what Safe Steps is. Maybe you'll get a better, you'll get a better answer that way. You have us both explain it. Right. Uh, go ahead, Mark. I'll defer to Mark. Right. Um, so uh, what we do at Safe Steps is uh, we help teach high school students and their families uh, what we call and what MIT has been calling uh, human skills. Some people call them soft skills. Um, we prefer the term human skills. They're the skills that you need to really kind of get ahead in life that really you don't get in most schooling or um for the most part, most people don't really think about them. They think you kind of gather them along the way. Sure. So uh, STEPS is our acronym for those skills. And that's self-esteem, time management, emotional intelligence, problem solving, and service to others. So that, in a nutshell, is what we do. And through our program, we help facilitate communication within the family. Because it's not just information to the students, but it's also to the parents to facilitate conversations between uh, parents and teens that are more than what you do in school today, where were you, uh, what's happening, that kind of thing. So uh, that's that's what we do in hopefully 30 seconds or less. Sure. And, I, and I, it's, I'm probably going to be accused of plagiarizing you because I do a lot. Those are a lot of the pieces that I have for my podcast, too, that I like to talk about. And my target audience really is 18 to 40 year old audience because I really don't in my situation I don't feel like I have anything to teach a CEO that's 60 years old I think I have more valuable information and wisdom and knowledge for those kids so Dave tell us what tell us what you do and what your perception of safe steps is my, my, my version of the definition yeah uh, it, it is very it's exactly the same thing as Mark said okay uh, good. We're, we're completely in we're, we're synchronous here um, so for me and for what we're trying to accomplish and why I am involved with this is because, um, you know, having a few years under my belt and, and having hired people and managed people and lived my own life um, and raising kids, um, there is a giant chasm between what we are getting in schools or what schools are, are teaching our children and what really the kinds of skills they're going to need to implement as they go into the workforce. Sure. And you ask anybody, everyone's like, oh, of course. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. So, but, but there is a giant chasm and, and really there's no, there's no real group focused on that and saying, oh, we need to help you along. We need to help you get to this point. And so 
you know, when we're talking about equipping teens and families with these human skills, it's not only doing that for the now, but it's for the future because these are foundational skills. Uh, Mark referenced MIT. MIT has used the word durable skills. Um, they've gone and done the academic research of not a small institution and said, look, you know, we've identified, uh, I think there are 24, 26 durable skills that they figure are, are, are they've researched are essential to our entire lives. These are things we take with us. These are things that we are going to use at home. We're going to use in our first jobs, our second jobs, our third jobs. We're going to use uh, in any of our interactions outside of, out of outside of the workplace. These are the things that kind of get us down the road. And it has to do with thinking and managing ourselves and leading and interacting. And as Mark mentioned, you know, we have five pillars. So we take all of these skills and we put them under one of our five pillars. And there are, you know, there are oodles of skills. And that's what we're trying to, first of all, introduce to teens and families and, and get them acquainted with these things that they're going to need to know or need to practice and need to learn. It's not something you just open a book, you learn and go, oh yeah, I know these skills. Mm -mm. No, it's right. a, you, you, you've got to do it. You actually have to acquaint yourselves with them uh, and then actually start practicing them and start implementing them and start saying, okay, that worked or that didn't work or I tried this or I tried that. That's the process of learning these things. And, well, and the amazing thing about what you just said is that this has to be field tested, right? You can't, yes, because what you say to one person We'll just call them adults in this situation versus a child versus another. You'll get two different reactions, right? right? And having raised eight kids and now having grandchildren, I see, I tell you, since COVID started, it's really magnified the fact that those kids don't have those skills, right? Even more so because they haven't been out in the open, out talking in, you know, in Walmart and at church and all those places where they would maybe have a conversation with somebody. Right. So, yeah, I think this is fantastic. And I wanted to ask Mark, you're the content manager. I didn't mention that. Sorry about that. When you, I was thinking about this all day because I didn't know how to phrase this question, but when you, as you come up with content, is this statistical com, content? Is it, is, is it something that, you know, you've come up as a group just kind of naturally thinking this is what would help? Is it, does it come from statistics? Does it come from the education system? Where's this content coming from that you guys will eventually start to put out there? Or are putting out there now? Well, some of it comes from just you know these five yeah. came, you know that we we started with, um, and some of it came from feedback from um, from existing customers and clients uh, of the Safe Steps before before we went into teaching uh, these skills. Um, Dave Smith, the founder of the company, helped uh, families and teens figure out what they were gonna do beyond high school. So through interaction with those teens and those families, a lot of these skill questions came up and Dave identified a lot of these areas that you know, teens need help on. Decision-making is a big one. Um, we probably have, just in our level one, we probably have six or eight different modules on different ways to make a decision. Right. Um, from a small decision to a big decision. And, you know, that you don't get that in a lot of places. So some of it came from just research with, with existing customers and clients. Others came from going out there and looking at um, different companies and organizations that have done some research in this area. Uh, one thing we came across was Google has identified, um, they did an internal study of their most successful 
employees, and they found that of the top 10 skills, only two were really technology or computer-based oh, wow. skills. Everything else was these type of skills, communication, leadership, empathy, um, being able to have a good conversation with somebody, uh, problem solving, conflict resolution. So from all those different types of areas, we've, we've kind of gathered these and um, done a lot of research myself and, and another colleague, Mark Charlet, has, have gone out and found other people who are teaching elements of these and really kind of synthesize them into, um, we use a, a process called micro learning. So we're not throwing a bunch of information at you every week. We're not throwing a, you know, a giant 300 page manual at you. We have short videos that are two to three minutes long uh, that the students can, can watch. Uh, there's a little quiz at the end just to make sure more or less just to make sure they watch, pay, pay sure. some attention. And like Dave said before, these skills really aren't just, oh yeah, I read a book on it, I'm, I'm golden. Um, that's where the interaction with the parents goes on. Once the, the student is done with the, the quiz and the, the watching the content, um, the parent then gets some, some suggested questions and, and ideas of how to help their teen interact and actually put this into practice. And um, so we, we encourage the parents to go ahead and, and ask questions about the content, put them in situations. Like we, we have stuff as simple as making a good first impression, right? So you, how do you shake a hand? You look at somebody in the face right. and do that. So, you know, I know we're just coming out of COVID, so that's, that's starting to come back in vogue, but- um, How do you fist bump but, through a mask? You fist bump, yeah, you yeah, still gotta look people in the eye, you know, just to make sure that you're, you're making that contact. And um, we also kind of encourage the teens to kind of keep their parents accountable too. If they're learning something and it's like, wait, hey, wait a minute, you didn't really, you weren't really paying attention when you said hello to that person, dad or our mom, you know, so, so it's a little bit, um, they, they can hold each other accountable, which is kind of nice. So here's an interesting um, question. When you're running across these families, do you ever run into any of your parents that don't have the skills? <laughs> uh, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're just all just the age group, you know, you would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all just, we're all just a product of, of the things that we learned and, and it's not being taught in schools now because it's never really been taught in schools. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I was really fortunate. I had great parents, but like I said, we have six or eight different ways of, of making a decision before going in and doing this research. I knew maybe one or two of those, right? Like right, make right. a list, you know, pros and cons, that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, so there's there's lots of, of things that we find the parents are learning just as much as the kids are. I find that I have a lot of friends that are in the sales world, right? So they're writing books about mm -hmm. sales. They're doing podcasts. They're doing <clears throat> videos about it. And they'll say, well, you know, everybody's, when they used to say about me, oh, Ed, you're a natural salesperson. But there's a lot more to sales, obviously, how you communicate. You end up being almost a psychologist at some level when you're a salesperson because mm -hmm. you have to figure out people pretty quick. And I sold to engineers for a long time, which was probably the most difficult thing because if you switch directions on an engineer type minded person, some, they weren't really prepared to switch directions, right? You gave them what you were going to talk about and you wanted to focus on that. So um, Dave, I know you have some background in the communications industry, right? TV, radio, <laughs> things like that. I mean, so you dealt with this on a regular basis with people learning how to communicate, whether they were college graduates or you know interns or whatever so you probably have some feedback about you know i i i do and i i will say you know uh 
very proudly that the guy that you just were talking was just talking to he's an emmy award-winning uh editor and producer uh mark right here oh and wow so, i didn't know that yeah, i'm oh, sorry oh, oh yeah oh, oh yeah so i would have man we would have brought out the confetti <laughs> guns and everything i didn't know that so no. we 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 do have an amazing team that dave has put together of people that have uh, a considerable background in in storytelling in taking information and and bringing it to life ultimately really that's that's the thing that's going to probably set us apart is we've got to connect it's got to right. be consumable it's got to be something interesting these kids are getting bombarded with countless thousands of images a day as as as, as are we as adults and and so we got to break through that din and we've got to actually have something that's good that's decent that we that we would consider like okay that's a that's a really good piece of content it conveys an idea it gets to the point quickly um and it's and it's doing what we need to do and so you know we pride ourselves on being able to uh, as we say you know two to two three four minutes be able to tell a story about a particular topic and get to it but also make it interesting so the kids are and parents are saying okay this is an interesting piece of content like I'm, they're done watching like wow that's really that's really interesting i just learned something um communication wise and going back to, to, to my experience um uh it's 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 everything um you know i always uh, <laughs> i was it was it, going back it's news so we were in the news i was in the news business and so back in the news business you know uh, i had we always had the rule of thumb about a minute 10 or a minute 20 was about as long as a story needed to go okay. why because even back a long time ago people didn't have um they didn't they wouldn't pay attention that that much longer um where occasionally and this is where i say it, it's always about the story occasionally we put a story together one of our reporters put a story together and you'd forget the time it might be a four or five minute six minute story and you go wow that just passed that's a good story that's right. that's good storytelling because you don't realize what's happening and you're in you're in you're committed you're watching so, you know, for what we're doing going forward, I, I mean, I already know what the content we have. Uh, that's what we're going for all the time. We want to take away the, oh, this is boring. Okay, it's a person in front of a screen and, and droning on. No, no. Part of our job is to connect with the our audience. If we're not connecting with our audience, we're doing a poor job. Right. You know, just, just to get up and say, oh, well, you know, the information's there. Go ahead. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Our job is to give you the information in a palatable way. Um, to where you're interested, you find it interesting, and you will, and you remember it, and you're, and so when that kid um, is, you know, two weeks from now, or three weeks from now, or a month or two months from now after watching that thing, remembers the piece of content, mm -hmm. remembers, oh, you know, that's right, you know, when I meet somebody for the first time, I'm supposed to try and look them in the eye. Why is that? Well, they talked about this because it's important to connect with a, another human being that way, and we connect through eyes. Um, or to, to shake their hand or maybe have a, you know, what, why, why do people grip, you know, why, why is some people grip a, a handshake firm, some, some soft, what does it say about you? These are things that, that most kids, a lot of people don't think about. And we want this content that we're producing to be memorable. <laughs> why? That's how it's going to get used. That's how exactly. they're going to start to do this and actually start to implement these, these lessons. Well, like Mike, or Mark, excuse me, I had these great parents that used to force me into situations. So even calling for a pizza back then, right, on our dial phone, <laughs> was important because I learned how to communicate with that person on the other end of the phone. 
But um, now we go online, text, bump, 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 get a pizza on its way. We had a conversation while we were driving through Hawaii about remembering teachers, what teachers we remembered when we were in elementary school. In elementary school was a couple of years ago for me. And <laughs> I had uh, two teachers in elementary and one in junior high and not one in high school that I really remember. But those three that I remembered, they were impactful in some way. They, they had a good delivery. They, I remember them. They were complimentary. They did all those right things. They were good teachers. And the other day, on a, we had a networking group on Zoom, and we were talking about elevator speeches, right? You've heard, it's funny that we change all this language. It's been going on for 50 years, but we keep making new monikers for it, right? How, what it's called. Well, the elevator speech, of course, is a, probably the last five years. That's the new thing. You're networking. You got to do an elevator speech. You got 30 seconds to capture someone's attention. Mm -hmm. I'm always a big fan of talking about something personal because I think people remember that more than my product a lot of times. Especially if I tell them I have eight kids and seven daughters, they're like, holy crap, they'll never forget that, right? So you're right. You got you to hook those people quick. And that's why um, video is so important, you know, if it's good video, mm -hmm. to hook those customers or clients or whoever you're trying to hook. Yeah. No, and, and it, it does. And actually, I, and I speak from a little bit of experience here also that my daughter uh, was one of the, the test subjects, if you will, a number a couple of mm -hmm. years ago when when they were when it, when uh, Safe Steps was first um, going from more of an in-person to try and do some of the stuff in, in a you know in a mobile format, and um, and so you know I, I was able to watch her and how she consumed the information. As a parent, I was able to engage. Um, she she picked up on a lot of things. She asked a lot of really good questions, and she didn't know. And you know, even being around me, I and my and my wife, I figured she would have picked up a lot of these things. Over the years, nope. So let me ask you a question: Were you talking? Were you asking her questions, or was she asking you, or somebody else? Both. Do it? Both. Okay. Oh, on the on the thing. So so the, the 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 way it would go is you'd watch a video, and then there were okay. prompting questions. You and you were encouraged to talk to your parents about them. Um, she would ask me questions, and then I was asking her questions, and and then what it ended up doing is it ended up. Um, starting a conversation that continued for a while. So right. I remember, well, I mean, distinctly remember one of the, one of the lessons was actually this is why that's why it's top of mind for me was first impressions, and she had no idea the importance, at least in many places in this in this country, of a handshake and eye contact and what that meant and what it means to certain people and not others and and how you know, how you have to be mindful of that and the, the people are all people are assessing you. Right. Um, whether whether it's valid or not, it's going on, and so to be aware of that, and we talked about that a lot. And I mean, it 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 went on for two weeks. She actually, she'd come up with a question. She'd say, "Well, you know, when you do this, or when you do this, or what do you say when you don't know what to say, or what do you?" So she started going down the road of like how how she could maybe make a better first impression when she oh, meets nice. she meets people, and and I guess that goes to the point of how powerful a three minute video paired up with a little bit of parental involvement, how powerful it can be. Yeah, awesome. You know, when I first met Dave, he was trying to explain this. I, I read a book by, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Who's this uh, quarterback of Seattle Seahawks? Wilson, Russell? No, the uh, not the quarterback, sorry, the coach, head coach. He used to be at USC, right? Yes. Uh, uh, Oh, you're in Southern California. I know. I'm blanking for a second. Anyway. Oh, remember oh, Pete, uh, Pete, uh, Pete, uh, Pete, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll. Pete, Pete Carroll. Thank yeah. you. So he wrote a book about his career from from playing football through the NFL. And his, 
And he got fired from the Jets and New England after one year, both times. And then he went back to USC, was very successful, and ended up Seahawks. In this book, he explains what he didn't explain to the to the owners and why their expectations were not right. He thought he, they thought he could win in a year. He never explained that it's going to take us a few years, right? And I have a big section of a speech that I'm writing about expectations. But when I first met Dave, and I mentioned that for a reason, he asked me, Ed, what do you look for an employee? I was in the moving business at the time. I said, somebody who can show up on time with their shoes tied, right? That's all I really <laughs> needed because I could train them to do anything I needed them to. But they had to be ready to go, focused, you know, on time because the truck was leaving and this and that. And as simple as that sounds, it was one of the hardest things to get across to people, right? So Dave was having an issue explaining safe steps and the process and everything. And he wasn't getting the expectations to the people he was trying to get across. Now, in his defense, they weren't listening, right? We know that, you know, the history of that, and I'm not going to go into it, but he's, you know, sometimes you got to talk to the right person and that's where your daughter says, well, what do I say? What do we, I don't know what to say. Well, maybe you're talking, you could be talking to the wrong person, especially in a sales situation, right? Um, you could be talking to the uh, janitor when you're trying to sell the marketing company something and that no defense of the janitor. He's just not going to make that decision. So That's those funny. are important skills, I think, for kids is to figure out who they're talking to. So they have to be inquisitive, right? They got to ask some questions. You know, what do you do here? What do you, you know? And I think people love answering those questions, by the way. So it's not rude asking a lot of times. You can no. be rude asking them, but most of the time it's, very well within business or anything else to ask those questions. Absolutely. And, and, you know, yeah. we, it, it is, um, I think it's fundamental to what we're trying to accomplish. And that is, and you, you just said it, there are so many things. Uh, and again, you know, we have you, we collectively have some years under our belts. Um, you know, I can think of all the careers and all the things I've done. Generally speaking, I learned on the job. Oh, I, I had certain I, I had certain skills that I brought into the into those jobs, and it might and it, and it comes back to these human skills. I don't know that I realized it at the time or recognized it until in the last maybe five or seven years. Actually, after I met Dave, you know, you start talking about critical thinking. You start talking about these things that maybe because of my background, I got pretty good at certain things, and then those sure. things come in and it made me better at at whatever it was. But really, at the end of the day, most jobs are training. And Mark mentioned this earlier. I mean, and they've looked at this. They you know there there have been very significant studies and reports on this. And they're saying, you know, for most careers, you know, 15% of what you know is what, you know, what you basically, what you know, and some of the stuff we would call actually all the other education and, and you know, the other 85%, we're going to teach you there and have sure. more to do with these soft skills, these human skills and your mastery of them. And as we evolve or as we, as, as the, as the world is changing now, automation's coming. And jobs are going to be displaced. Jobs that everybody talks about today, like, oh, they're going to go, they're here. Coders and all these people, yeah. they could be displaced pretty quickly by technology. So what do you do? Well, how do you, how do you make that transition? And this is where, this is where there's a very serious uh, conversation to be had. And that is, is if, you, if you're able to master these things, so you start as a teen and you start to appreciate these things and you keep going with it, you keep getting better we, you know let's see you read books you go to you go to seminars you're always trying to improve but if you're working on human you're working on these skill sets these durable skills these human skills that transfers into the job place and so even if a job gets outsourced or or goes away completely 
if you can do some of these things, you can you can adapt. And and generally speaking, the work the, you know the workplace is going to say, yeah, that's this is the person we want. This person is going to be able to go from here to here without a lot of without a lot of uh, um, difficulty. So. Well, and you know, it's funny. I think I had this conversation a while back with a sales guy that you know you really want to you really want to hire a person, not not the person with necessarily the skills, but somebody who's going to be able to adapt. And I, I would always, people would say, what's your best call? I said, I could talk to a gang member in the morning and a CEO at night, and I wouldn't really change my demeanor much. My language might change a little bit, but I wouldn't, I mean, I just think that, that you just need to be natural, right? And just talk to people. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the, this, this whole concept is interesting about expectations and you know how we're going to teach these kids. And by the way, those jobs, they can create all kinds of new jobs. You're still going to need a personality at some level, right? Absolutely. You're still going to need to be able to communicate. And I think you guys couldn't have better timing not knowing that COVID was going to be coming to an end eventually. Um, right now, because people are getting out in the workforce, are getting out in the world again, and they're going to need some help. And it's the worst part is when I meet salespeople who don't have any skills. And I'm like, I don't know how the hell did you sell anything or, you know, how did you get by without just these minor skills? I was talking about a guy at lunch today that would always insult his um, his competition constantly. That was constant. And I said to him, you got to stop doing it. It's just so negative. You, they don't want to know how bad they were. They want to know how good you are. Right? So you got to be careful about that. And that's those social skills that we have to learn just in general, talking to whether we're at work or church or school or wherever we're at. That's just right. to get better. Right. Mark, your background, um, you said you're an award-winning producer and all that. Tell me a little bit more about your background. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, I worked in um, video production and television production from everything from the corporate world. I, I lived in Atlanta before m moving to L.A., so I did some work for uh, the Coca-Cola company there. I did some uh, work for Home Depot, who's based there. Um <clears throat> I did a bunch of training and educational work for the uh, PBS station there for Georgia. We did uh, we we taught uh, physics and chemistry to high school students. That was that was a, a huge one of my huge projects. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was actually a lot of fun. We 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 did a whole year of chemistry and a whole year of physics to be able to go out to a lot of schools that uh, didn't have certified chemistry or physics teachers and. We set it up so that any teacher could teach the course. We had we had contracted teachers to write the manuals and make sure everything was right scientifically. And then I, I helped produce and, and create the, all the videos. Um, and they used that for at least 10 years. And then they were just revamping it as technology changed. Video got better. They, they used a little bit more modern technology. But yeah, they used that for a good 10 years in Georgia, which, uh, which is one of the things I won awards for. And um, then moving out here, I've worked in, in television, everything from uh, Super Nanny to uh, Home and Garden TV shows to um, E! Entertainment, Entertainment News, that kind of thing. So uh, I've, I've had a pretty varied background in, in yeah. video and television. And um, just like Dave was telling, telling, saying earlier, as far as skills and things, I, I'm, I never really made this connection either. So... Um, I came along, especially in the editing and post-production world, in a big revolution going from what was called linear editing, which was basically 
a little bit higher end, but basically tape it, taking a tape of, of source footage and copying over just the piece you want to another tape and then building a show or a story like that. Mm -hmm. What we call nonlinear editing, which is what most people do today on a computer where you can take pieces and just move them around and, and you know, take, take pieces like you do on a word processor, just move it around on the screen. And, and I came, really came um, up through video production and television production during that revolution. And I, um, speaking of Georgia Public Broadcasting, they had created a whole brand new facility that had a lot of these new, they still had some of the linear existing edit base, but they had several more of the nonlinear. And a lot of the people there didn't know how to use these. And I wasn't even an employee there. I was just a contractor. I was work project to project for them. And I would ask, answer questions whenever people would come in. Hey, how do you do this on here? How do you, well, I want to do this kind of effect or I want to do that. And I would answer questions and, and in, we went so far as me and a couple other did a, a, a weekly like lunch and learn. We just, have, everybody brought sandwiches into a conference room. And we're like, okay, ask us any questions you want about this, this editing program. And one of the guys asked me, he's like, why are you doing this? Why, why are you telling everybody, why are you telling your competition, right? That Because if, if all of us in-house know how to do this, why, why are you giving away all your secrets, basically? And my answer to him was, people don't hire me because I know what buttons to push. People hire me because of what I bring to the table beyond the buttons. My, the aesthetic I bring or the, the, um, the creativity I bring, the choices I make in music and images and how those go together and how easy I am to work with. Like I will work with a producer and we can start talking shorthand after probably a good day or two in the edit suite because I'll understand what he or she wants and be able to start doing that before they even tell me. And that's why I got jobs, not because I knew everything about the, the editing system. And that's what we're trying to do here with Safe Steps, right? We're trying to help people build those interpersonal skills so that no matter how technology changes, no matter what changes there are in jobs and AI and automating things, you know, the person that you want to keep around is the person that is, has a good attitude, does a good job, is easy to work with because I always said this about television too. The hardest thing we do is just getting a show on the air, right? We put an hour long show on the air every day for E! News. Let's, let's make getting along the easiest thing in our world. So teaching these skills, that's part of what we're helping teenagers and their parents, frankly, do. Just be able to be a decent person, a decent coworker, a decent teammate, and hopefully be the one when technology changes and they got to pick who they're going to keep and reskill or upskill to a different project. Hey, we want to keep that guy because or that gal, because we like them. They're great. They've got a great attitude. We'll teach them how to, how to push what, what buttons to push, but they know, they know what's what they know what's what is needed to make. Well, this that's, there's two pieces of that that are super, super important. One, that's a great metaphor. And the same that they've used of how you need to kind of edit your life, right? You need to kind of, move things around sometimes of who you're talking mm -hmm. to and understand who you're talking to. And then to have that value add, right? 
So you want to, that value add is your personality, your willingness to learn new things. You're willing. And that's, as a salesperson, we're always trying to sell that value, right? I always tell people, they say, oh, your price is too high. I said, if price was the issue, Lamborghini would be out of business. Mercedes would be out of business. Porsche, all they'd be, all be gone. Mm-hmm. I buy things. I spent a lot of money on sunglasses today that are prescription. Then I could have just went and got $25 sunglasses. But there was a value to the brand. There was a value to the comfort. There was all these values. And we need as people, as kids especially, with our confidence level probably in the toilet right now, especially after COVID, we need to see that value in ourselves. And that's really where it starts. When I talk about expectations in this speech, the first person I talk to is the person, what do you expect from yourself? Because I think what I see in youth these days is they don't have a lot of, they don't have very high expectations for themselves. Now, whether that's from their parents or whether whatever it does, it doesn't matter at this point. We have to get those expectations out from you. What's your value in life? Everybody has a value. And um, I, you got, if you watch my last podcast with this Kareem Kavet, she had a great career. She just quit one day and went into her own business. And you really got to watch this because I, I wish I could talk. Not, I don't want anybody to quit their job, but I want them to understand that now she's doing what she loves and she's 10 times better at it, right? And that's one of the reasons I'm rebranding myself. I want to really do what I love. There's, there's three pieces to marketing to talk about. You got to have a story, right? You got to have a cause. You got to have some kind of cause. And your cause was, doesn't matter if you're my competitor. I want to help you out. We're not really comp- competing like that. It's not. And you got to have humor, right? We all need we all need a little bit more humor in our life these days. So, yeah. And, and just like Dave said, when you're moving those, you got to get that a minute and a half down. You got to, we got to teach these kids that that minute and a half is just as valuable as 20 minutes of drama or 50 minutes of drama. Right? It's even more important, really. So I love the concept of this. I, I've loved it since I met Dave. And I'm looking at your website. Um, we need to fix that a little bit. Just kidding. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, we're, we're in the process of launching a new one. So we'll, we'll be I know good. you are. Give us a couple of weeks. How, <laughs> how are you going to market with this? This is important because how, how are you going to reach these kids and parents? Is it, is, are, you gonna, are you going after the parents? Are you going after the kids? Not in a bad way. You know, which where market are you going after both? What are you guys looking at with that? We're hoping in about a year you've exploded so much, Ed, that then you're all over the place and we just come back to you and say, just hey, Ed, can line you line me up? And that, that's our business strategy. Me, me Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was watching um, Gary Vaynerchuk was uh, on fire this morning. He said, I don't, he doesn't understand why people need to be, uh, I'll say jerks. He used a different word. And it's true. I don't know why we always have to be fighting everybody, you know, to get along. But anyway, going back to that, how do you get to market? No, I mean, we, we have a unique, uh, we have a, I think we're, we're in a unique position right now. Uh, we are currently working with uh, one of the tribal nations um, in America, and um, we're building out a program for them. So they're really our, our first as we come out of where we've been and we're kind of, and we're revamping what we have and we've learned a lot of things and we're going to do this. We're working with them to implement a program to help out um, the nation. And so that is unique to us. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly a market space that I don't know that anyone considers, but we have some relationships and we know we can bring a lot of value and sure. there's a lot of, there's a lot of synergy. There's a, you know, there's a lot of respect, a lot of synergy for what, where they are. Um, you know, you talk about the pandemic, 
it's hit tribal nations in the country as hard as any group sure. of people. Um, and then for all kinds of reasons that I'm not going to go into, we can, you know, they, they also have their, their challenges and they're, they're, you know, the leadership, the elders are trying to figure these things out. And we see um, a way we can, you know, we can in, insert ourselves in, in what we're doing and help them um, help themselves. And so that, that is our, that's our first kind of test market as far as, you know, that, that's the, the, that's the first part. And we're going to explore that. And then from that, we are also working with some national groups who work with big school districts. Um, and, and so we are leveraging again, some what relationships we have that Dave has built over, over, over time mm -hmm. and, um, trying to go to the administrators and have those conversations with the administrators, especially again, post pandemic anxieties up, stresses up a lot, a lot of these things that were there anyway, prior to the pandemic, but are yeah. been exacerbated and they got magnified and, for sure. Sure. And, you know, and, and one of our things, you know, we're, we're, you know, our first pillar is, is uh, self-esteem. And so we know what we're doing and what we've done and what the experience we've had in the past, we know by integrating some of these, uh, some of these things, we will be able to have some success. And we don't see ourselves as a, Hey, a teacher is going to teach us. We see our, ourselves as an extracurricular that, that uh, school is going to say, Hey, we have this thing. You know, maybe we endorse this thing and we, we, you know, we encourage our, our, uh, our students and our parents to, to, to take a look at this and take advantage of this. And, um, so we're doing that, um, as a first thing. And then, you know, we've got some grant money behind us on a couple of projects. And so we're able on some of the districts we're working with, we're going to offer this for free. So we're going to, I was, for, um... for the first little while, we're going to, we want to get it out there. We, we want feedback. We, we want this to, to, to prove itself out. We know it's going, we know the numbers we're going to get back, but obviously people have got to use it. They got to buy into it. You got to understand it. And so that's going to, those are our first kind of two forays into the market space. As far as like a, a B to C or, a, you know, a us to consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's coming, but not just yet. I mean, we, we, right now we're focused on more of the districts because we feel like they can carry that message a little bit better. Sure. As I'm, as I'm, um, you know, going, working with a coach, kind of figuring out how I'm going to go to market too. We, we kind of started off with schools, right. With, um, junior colleges, trade schools, things like that. But when I was in Hawaii and I had some time to kind of just clear my head out, I thought, you know, I really think I need to attract those, the youth not going through an administrator because they're going to be judgmental to me, right? I think more so than a kid would. So I'm trying to figure out through my under 30 mentors out there, how do I get that group of kids to listen to this podcast and then feel like they need, they have a thirst for that knowledge. I don't know how exactly that's going to work, and I should probably even have brought it up. It doesn't matter because that's what I'm doing. Uh, no, it's a good question. I mean, it's, it's what every business is trying to do. It's like, how, how do I how do I best connect my message? What audience do I go after? Um, because when I was, you know, we yeah. we were one of those families. We ate dinner together every day, right? every night. So my wife had been married 18 years, wife and I, and we had dinner together every day. And when as as we watched families break down through high school and junior high school, right, parents started getting divorced and. Half the kids would end up at my house for whatever reason because we had we were pretty stable, right? pretty boring but stable. They knew what time dinner was. I would sit at dinner sometimes, look across, and go, "I, 
I don't even know you. Who are you? Oh, I'm here with Paige or I'm here with Jackie. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm like, oh, well, welcome to dinner. You were that house. Like, you were the, I was that house. Yeah, you're that house. Okay, gotcha. And it wasn't because we'd let them drink or anything. We would not let them do that. We, we would tell them funny enough that if you're here and, and you do something stupid, I'm going to discipline you. Just not hit anybody, but I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on it. Right? right. This house isn't just a free house, but, and they were very, always very respectful. I really didn't have any issues like that, but I saw those families as they were breaking down. And those are those kids that really started becoming those uh, high risk kids. Right. Cause we didn't know which direction they were going to go. They could, they, they could have gone with the parent that was, more stable and been okay but they also could have just went off on their own and looked for those groups of kids that we don't want them around right and those groups of kids we don't want them around they missed out somewhere too right it's not they're not bad kids they just took a different path so uh, i'm looking at some different groups like that and talking to some people with boys and girls clubs because listen we all have we have a good message here well, what i'm doing what you guys are doing is a good message and we're just trying to help people skip a couple steps in life and not you know maybe go through so much mud muck, right? We right. know there's still going to be problems. We just want to help them navigate some of these issues. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there's value. We all, we all know there's value in mud and muck, right? I mean, at least, you know, if you, if you look at it and you, you learn that's where a lot of lessons are, come from. But there's a lot more coming that um, I, I believe, and there's, there's lots of shifts and changes that are going to be significant and substantial. And, and so, you know, if you have a little, if you have a couple extra tools and it can help you out, it's to your point. It's less. It's less that you have to deal with. One hundred percent. And and one more point I'll make is I think we need to teach kids that there's life after twenty five. Right. It's hard to see past if you're eighteen years old. It's hard to see yourself having children, being married, and you know being in this thing. And and I still think I'm twenty five, but I'm not. I know that surprises you. No. But I ha I could not see past twenty five. I just had my head down and I was just going forward and didn't maybe plan as well as I could have, but, but it, it worked out, but I'd like to see kids be a little bit more open-minded to seeing that there is a future and there's some, they can do some great things. They can be really great in life if they just focus on a few things. Um, and there, I mean, you know, I, I'm just a, just a dovetail on that. I, you know, yeah. it's a, having to, um, you know, how do you connect with kids? You don't BS them honestly 100 percent. Uh, and you know I, I i see so much of it oh we're going to categorize or we're going to put you in a group and this group wants this thing and this group's no they know what they want they know what they like you just have to talk to them like a normal human being like i'd ask to you them right not at right, them like them. you have to see them right yeah. which is part of the challenge right um you have to recognize them where you have to meet them where they are yeah. and and i think i i think that's that's what it gets overlooked so often we we just don't see kids. We I mean I hear it right now. Millennials get, <laughs> and there's some bare points that I can beat up on millennials a little bit. But as as a group, you know, we we categorize and say, oh, they're all like this. They all do this thing. And you know, uh, my experience with that group has been pretty remarkable. I've had great conversations. Yeah, and you know, my dad. <laughs> I told you, my dad used to just call us dumbass. The ones that didn't work, my friends didn't. They were just dumbasses, right? We, I worked, right? I went to work. I got up early in the morning. I used to have to wait for my friends till 11 o'clock till they got out of bed. I was up at 8 o'clock. My dad said, you can't ride your skateboard till 8 o'clock because of the noise, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't, my parents on accident did a lot of good things for us, right? And I, because I don't think they are very well equipped as parents. 
but on accident, they did a lot of really good things for us. And, and all four of us kids work and we all have families and we've all been relatively successful. And, um, and my friends, not so much. I don't know if their parents, it was, they were just a pain in the ass to their parents, right? So um, you're right. And giving kids value and telling them. And I told you before, when my son would hear something from someone else, and I said, I just told you that last week. Oh, yeah, whatever. They didn't hear me. But here's the other guy. And I want to be that other guy for some of these kids to help these parents navigate their kids. So, Just real quick. I, that's also something that we bring is, you know, I trust where we kind of try and come at it as a trusted third party, right? Like, cause just like you said, sometimes you can tell whoever it is, you can tell someone who's close to you the same thing for years and all of a sudden they hear it from somebody else and it's magic. Yeah. And that can be frustrating if you're the one selling, but at the same time, Hey, if it's getting through and being effective, great. Um, and the other thing that I look at, all of these issues and challenges really come down to we're teaching communication. Yeah. Communication with yourself, being honest and open with communication with yourself and with other people. And most of the problems in the world, I think, really come down to miscommunication, misexpectation. 100%. Well, like you're talking about with the, the, the talk you're working on, you know, Communications are miscommunicated or not, or, or assumed. Um, feelings are, are, are not acknowledged. Just anything, it comes down to, am I being open and honest with my communication and are people really hearing me talking, yeah. whether, whether you're talking to a teenager or, or, a, or another adult, are you really hearing and listening to what they're saying or just waiting to, to say something? Um, so, I mean, that's really what we're here to do. Uh, the things that, that were the successes we've had, including with, with Dave and his daughter, really have been opening those lines of communication and allowing people to really hear each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I think, uh, just like you said, Gary Vee this morning was talking about people just assuming that everybody has to shout at each other. Ah, we don't have, we, we can just have to talk. We can have differences of opinion. Absolutely. We can, we can not believe all the same thing, but we can still have a decent conversation and move the needle. So, and I was definitely not that open minded when I was younger. I'm much, I'm much more relaxed now because so when we left and we got back, one of our, one of our refrigerators was dead. So we'd lost a bunch of meat and stuff like that. And I thought about, I said, you know, it didn't happen to us. It just happened. And we just hadn't, hadn't, weren't here. It wasn't something that happened to me. It's just right. one of those things. Because my son says, oh, something always happens when you go on vacation. I said, well, that's just nothing. That's just, you know, <laughs> got some bad meat. I don't want to, you know, they threw it away. We'll get some more. So no big deal. Well, guys, um, you guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on here. You uh, hope, you know, as people listen, you guys add value to me and credibility and i hope i do the same for you and i can't see can't wait to see where this goes i'll stay in communication with you guys um for all you podcasters out there their website is www.thesafesteps.com so it's thesafesteps.com go to their website check it out dave mark you guys are awesome thank um, you anytime you want to do this again maybe you come up with you have some new concepts or something you just want to throw them out there i'm completely you know you're welcome to come back here and 
and we can chat. And one of these days, pretty soon, actually, well, we got to get him out of Utah, but I'll come to <laughs> Studio City. We get him. We can do a live one where we're like, you know. I have an idea. I, I think it would actually be a lot of fun. I would love to talk to your kids and have a roundtable discussion about oh, I love that. skills. Yeah, because I, love that. I mean, you know, they're going to listen to us, not dad, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'll get my kid on here, and he can listen to you because he's not going to listen to me. Yeah. Um, What's funny and collectively, is the... and collectively we can get everybody. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, we in, all, to... in, all, in all seriousness, no, I, I think it'd be fun because I, I mean, I know, I, I can only imagine, and I would, I, I'd love to get their feedback on just how they see this, how they yeah. see the future, how you know, how they see things going. What are they scared of? What do they think they have? What do they think they need? I mean, that's how we're going to learn. We can set that up. We, we don't have all the answers. We know that. Um, we know we have some ideas, and we're, but we're also listening as much as we are doing. Yeah. So. I, um, I told a little story a while back on one of my podcasts about when I grew up, and my dad had this really valuable lesson about clothes, right? I was going to go into high school, and he says, I said, you're going to buy school clothes. He says, no, nah, you, you know, you know how to make money. Go make your own, get what you want. And I didn't take it as a bad thing. And my daughter says, you never told us that. I said, oh my God, I bet I told you that 15 times, but you're right. And, and I have society having eight kids. I have kids up here. I got kids over here. I got some in the middle that are flowering around. I have some with kids, some without kids. So yeah, when I started this podcast, they were all excited about it because I felt like I had given them some good information growing up. And I made some stupid mistakes too, you know, but that's just life. You know, everybody's going to do that. Absolutely. But Absolutely. again, I appreciate both of you guys and we'll follow up. I'll definitely follow up on that and get a couple of my, one, one or two kids. I'm not going to let you talk to the other ones. That, no, I'm just <laughs> no, I think, I, I think, I think I would love it. I would love it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be yeah, fun. Okay, <laughs> All you, right, Ed. guys. Well, if you talk to Dave, tell him I said, hello. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you, Dave. Um, this will probably uh, blast out tomorrow morning. So I'll send you guys a link to the YouTube link. Okay. And That'd I really great. appreciate it. So I'm going to stop recording right now. Just hang on a second. Don't leave. Mm -hmm.